0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. With this week are my two fantastic co-hosts, uh, Liz Harper and Joe Perez. We just got done doing a pre-show about character creators in games, uh, and now we're going to talk about World of Warcraft and other games. Uh, in fact, other games are definitely going to be what we talk about first because Stray came out today, and since I have not actually been able to figure out a way to get it yet, although oh, that was very nice for you to offer, Mitch, um, I, I wanted to hear from Liz her experiences playing Stray because in Stray you play an adorable kitty. Um, can you choose the kitty? That's my first question. Uh, or, I'm
1: a, I'm, a, I'm afraid not. You are a set kitty. You're an orange. Well, but it's I mean, modeled
2: after a real cat that exists.
0: Yeah, well, it looks just like my cat. So they, well, they they it.
2: actually had like character mo- character actors for the 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 cats. I was watching the Twitter earlier because I can't play the game either, <laughs> so I was living vicariously
0: but yeah so liz you've been playing it because you've been keeping us abreast of it uh on in our discord and this is again one of those things where i i get liz to talk for 20 minutes and i drink something um but (laughs) i'm going to say i do really want to hear about this game so tell us what you can tell us about stray without ruining it for anybody
1: it's magnificent and you should play it it is available on playstation but it's also on steam um I would recommend PlayStation because it has some cool effects with the controller vibration on PlayStation 5. Like when the cat like goes to sleep, the controller vibrates like a purr. Like y'all, if you have a cat, you know, kind of that they like have a purring kind of vibrating thing. They do like a little, I don't know what to call it, but like the controller vibrates and it feels like that and just have some really weird, interesting controller uh haptics as you play but this game is magnificent it is a game of the year 10 out of 10 this is a great game uh so yes you are a cat and the game is basically a platformer you are navigating this kind of strange world that's inhabited solely by robots and little creepy alien bug things i don't know if they're alien they just they're they're weird and they're not they don't like you um they don't like anyone (laughs) but it's it's basically a platformer where you're navigating the world and you're like jumping from thing to thing. You might jump on a ledge and then you might jump up to like an air conditioner and you know, you keep jumping and navigating. But what I really love about it as someone who is really really bad at jumping puzzles. I cannot I cannot communicate how bad I am at jumping puzzles. I'm really bad. It's not something where you have to make precision jumps here and there. You don't like target yourself and you have to jump right now. You have to jump in right the set, the right angle, the right speed and all that. It is just you like, you, you look around and if there's a place that you can jump, then an, an X shows up on the screen. So you hit the X and it jumps. The cat jumps. The cat is, it's a cat. It's very dexterous. It handles the jumping. You just, you're finding the path. And so, yeah, it's it's like a jumping puzzle game. It's like a platforming game, except it's not because you don't have to do. It's not about that. It's about navigating and exploring the world, not about.
0: So it's less, you know, less finding how to make a jump, and more about figuring out which place has the proper geometry to get you to where you're trying to go.
1: Yes, yes, it's like that. And the other thing about it is, you cannot hurt the cat. The cat is fine. You cannot injure the cat. The cat's okay. Because, like, if you walk up to a ledge and you, like, keep pressing to walk forward and there's, like, it's a ledge that goes down, like, five stories and not good, the cat will just sit down at the edge of the ledge. If there's not a place for it to walk to or jump to, it will stop. So, you don't have to worry about falling. You don't have to worry about injuring this adorable kitty. Yeah, you just, you find the path. Yeah.
0: I don't know about other people. I know for my wife, uh, she won't even like read a book or watch a movie or play a game where she knows that cats are going to be visibly injured on screen or in like in the action of it. So that's good to know because that would be a pretty big a pretty big no for her. I know there are other people who have that too. So yeah, that's that's good to know. I don't I don't particularly enjoy seeing cats getting uh, in games either I, for that matter.
1: I will say in the introduction there is a scene where the cat falls and does get slightly hurt. kind of sets up the story because the cat's kind of it's trying to find its way back home um but it is fine the cat is fine the cat is totally fine you don't worry about the cat it gets a little injured from a fall but it's fine it's totally fine
2: all right joe you got any questions no i just really want to play the game i want to i want to be a cat dang it cat life is better
1: what what the game really reminds me of actually is like an old school adventure game like a like a King's Quest kind of game, like really old school point and click adventures, because it's like, okay, you're you're navigating around, but the ways you figure out how to navigate around is like, okay, well, I need to pull down this window shade with my claws, and then that'll pull it down and it'll pop back up, and then I can get out of this window. Or I need to talk to this robot guy, and he'll give me this thing, and I give this thing to this other guy who will then help me do this. So it's like little, it's like little puzzles like that, talking to the right people, picking up the right things, going to the right places. And it's, 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 it's a puzzle game really. So just it's, kind of so
0: it's out. I was going to say, is it kind of like those games? I remember one, I can't remember the name of it, but where there's a goat in a junkyard and you have to figure <laughs> out how to get past the goat. And you, it turns out that you have to get the goat to chase you over to another area. So it will get tangled up. And then you can get around it because it's it's rope that's holding it into the in the junkyard is now tangled around like an old tractor. So it can't come back around to get you. It's that kind of thing, like coming up with puzzle solutions, coming up with like, how do I navigate the environment? How do I use the environment to get from here to here? That sort of thing.
1: Uh, Yes, there are places like that where maybe you uh, like have to move a barrel so you can get here. Or maybe you have to talk to an NPC that'll open a door somewhere that'll get you somewhere else. Yeah, there are also it's it's these little story puzzles that you have to work out to navigate and progress and also wandering around a big open world as a cat.
0: From what I saw watching uh, the outside Xbox people do a stream about it today, apparently there's a whole lot of buttons like you can make the cat purr or roll around on its back or rub itself up against other cats or, you know, play or chase tails or knock stuff off ledges. You, like Have you found any?
1: Uh, you knock a lot of stuff off ledges. I mean, sometimes on purpose and sometimes on accident, like pretty early in the game, you're walking on a ledge and there's a paint bucket at the edge of the ledge and you could just leave it alone. You don't have to do anything. There's nothing required, but you can walk up to it and a button pops up. You can interact with it. And if you interact with it, you just shove it off the edge. There are so many things sitting on the edge of ledges in this game and like you might jump up to the ledge and you knock them all over. Or you might just go over to them and say, I think this would look better on the ground. Because you're a cat. Uh, there are places you find balls you can bat around. Um, there are paper bags that you can get your head stuck in because you're a cat and you're poking your head in the bag and then the bag is on your head and you're really they, confused.
0: I, I'm literally remembering my cats doing this. One, one Christmas, I hear this noise and I look up and the cat's like literally gotten her head through a loop like one of the paper loops that you like the, the, the braided paper loop on the bag. And it's just like a Cape flowing out behind her as this <laughs> paper bag. Uh, she runs around the house going, Oh, get it off me, get it off me. So yeah, yeah, they do that.
1: Um, yeah. So, and the cat might walk over a computer keyboard and then it's just like a string of the character cue, like on the screen forever. You're just the cat does cat things. There are lots of cat things.
0: I don't want to sound like Michael McConaughey here, but well, all right. Um, that's <laughs> I'm I am excited for this game. I don't I am unabashedly, unironically super excited for this game. Even though I probably won't get to play it until like September at this point, just because moving into a new place is really expensive in all sorts of unforeseen ways um but yeah definitely this is definitely a game i'm i was excited by when i heard about it like the idea the fact that this game didn't exist before now is just astonishing to me that we didn't already have this so yeah i'm super excited joe's super excited
2: right oh god yes absolutely i've been waiting for this (laughs) so yeah i just needed to be Um, payday so i can buy the dang thing
0: yeah exactly uh but um we should probably move on but i heard an um so i'm hoping liz has more so
1: I will drop in one little thing. If you have paid for the PlayStation plus game subscription tier, the, which has come out a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, it is included in that and you can just go download it and play away.
2: Duly noted. Uh,
0: Yeah. I don't know if that works for Joe, but I unfortunately does not work for me Uh, mainly because I can't find my PlayStation moving. (laughs) It's somewhere. Uh, Yeah. But anyway, we should probably at this point talk about some other games. Um, One of the things we should talk about is the fact that Castle Nathria is getting a theory crafting live stream. That's going to be, I think, when is this going to be? I have a link to it, but I don't remember the date. Hearthstone Castle
2: Nathria. Um, Hearthstone,
0: yes. Hearthstone. My my apologies.
1: Murder at Castle Nathria, the next Hearthstone expansion. Uh, I believe this is on Thursday. Yes, July 21st. Um, I usually do one of these before expansions and just kind of get a bunch of streamers on and they play games and kind of show off the game.
0: One thing that I mentioned in the thing because I, I noticed it is they're going to have a they're going to take that Castle Nathria little play th- playlet that was written and uh, apparently they're going to have various streamers perform it uh, along with a mystery guest and the mystery guest is going to play the narrator uh, Murlock Holmes and I forget who the third one is I should I have it <laughs> open so I can probably tell you uh, what did they do yeah um playing the the narrator Murlock Holmes and Doctor Watfin. So he's going to be doing, he or she is going to be doing both Holmes and Watfin and the narrator as well. <laughs> uh, I don't know who the special guest is. It doesn't say, but for everybody else, we know we have Kripparian. will be playing Sire Denathrius. Zoom HS as Rafa. Uh, Pathra as Lady Vash. If I butcher your name, by the way, I am really sorry. Uh, I'm just seeing some of these names for the first time. I'm old and I don't watch a ton of streams. Um, uh, Lorinda, with a zero, I think, as Kel'Thuzad, Elgin, D-G-A-I-N-N, I always pronounce that Jin, I don't know other people, but uh, that's Stuart, uh, Brig- Brig- Brigitte, Brigitte, you got me as to how that would be pronounced, but they're playing Draca, Ms. Powers as Olgra. yay Olgra, one of my favorites, uh, lead feature designer Chad Nervig, uh, good old Celestial, is going to be playing Aralon, uh, initial game designer, uh, Cora Giorgio as Cecile, um, Edu uh again, I, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing this, as Pelagos, and Odemian as Zymox. So that's the cast for this. Uh, I, I, right now, I'm going to tell you, if you're out there and you're thinking, oh, why do they get to do this? You could do it, too. Like I, I know Joe wants to get people to do I this. I
2: literally legitimately tried. I could not find enough people. I tried. I'm yeah. not going to lie. So that is, but
1: we're right here. We're right here, Joe. I mean, come on.
2: Yeah, but can each of us do like
0: six people? <laughs> I mean, that's cause that, um, that's the problem. I, All of mine are going to sound like bad Scottish accents that occasionally melt into a bad <laughs> Russian <laughs> accent. So my Russian slash know, Scottish heterogenatrius is the bomb, but.
1: You know, I can just I can just go to the Blizzard Watch staff and say you are required to do this as part of your job. And there you go. We have a cast. I can't tell you how good any of us are as voice actors, but that just makes it more amusing, right?
2: Mostly, yeah.
0: But regardless, <laughs> that's happening on July 22nd, the the day after, I believe, because you mentioned the, the, the actual theorycraftings on the 21st. So they're going to stream yeah. they're going to okay. stream the little video on the 22nd. So oh
1: boy, that'll be exciting.
0: Then there's, I'm into it. Then there's the pre-release weekend, which is going to be um, the weekend before August 22nd, which is a really busy day, um, August quite frankly. 2nd. Yeah, August 2nd. My apologies. Uh, August 2nd, <laughs> there's going to be another thing coming up we're going to talk about in a little bit, but Hearthstone's uh, murder at Castle Nathria is going live on that day. So the weekend before that, they're going to have a little fireside gathering and do a whole bunch of other stuff, including like... There, there, there's actually a ton of things going on here. There's, yeah, good old... Man, be, you're going to be eligible to get the Nemsie necro Necrofizzle if they fulfill all host, hosting requirements. So, yeah, there's, there's a ton of this. You should go read it, guys. I'm interested in seeing how this one works out because one of the things you made a point about today, Liz, is that this one doesn't have a single-player adventure built into it, uh, which feels
1: odd. They don't always... They don't always. I mean, some of them have kind of a single player component on the side. The OG um, Ragnaros one wasn't, yeah. right?
2: Like the one way, way, right. way back when. I think it was only multiplayer.
1: Oh, wow. No, no. The Ragnaros was like an adventure where you're like diving into Molten Core and you fight Ragnaros. Oh, okay. And then you fight. Yeah. Then you fight Natharian and both Ragnaros and Natharian are both voiced by Matt Mercer. And it's just, and sometimes they have conversations together. So it's just, okay, great. Um, but yeah, they've kind of moved away from single player adventures, but we've had the book of heroes lately and the book of mercenaries giving these little single player stories to different characters, which have been pretty good overall. I didn't like all of them, but they've overall been pretty good, pretty fun. And it's just that murder at Castle Mathria seems so set up to get a single player story. I mean, look at this. We have a play written by christy golden about who murdered sire denathrius and yeah there's no single player mode and that just seems seems like a missed opportunity there is so much storytelling you could do here and they're just not kind of sad
0: but not that, that we've talked about that i do think we should mention the other thing going on on august 2nd namely that uh first off we're getting the Shadowlands season four on august 2nd it will be that's when it's going live so all we've talked. Though we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, one thing to talk about before that, though, is that from today, as of today, from the reset today, unless you're, I guess, in a place that's getting its to reset tomorrow, but either today or tomorrow, you'll have gotten your res- your your uh, your reset, and that means the servers are now all hosting the the Winds of Wisdom buff has returned. So all the servers have, are hosting it, and so everybody's got the fifty percent XP buff from everything. Everything you do just gives fifty percent more XP. Uh, until season four actually comes out. Uh, so, if you want to level a new character, say you wanted to switch characters for the last patch of the season, which is a little weird, but if that's what you want to do, um, or if you've got alts you're trying to level up, or if you just you're coming back and you haven't been playing in a while and you don't really have a level 60 main at the moment and you need to get them leveled up so you can get into season four, all of that's going to be possible for the, like, the next roughly two weeks from now till August 2nd. So, I was surprised to see this. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. Liz, I heard you say something.
1: Uh, I will note this is level 1 to 59, so you can do all of your leveling mm-hmm. up to. Um, oh, all it's the not. Way up through so, it's not 10 yeah, to 50, I noticed like you said? I, I mo- noticed you mentioned until 50. But yeah. it's actually until fifty nine, so it's all the way.
0: So okay, that's good. The character, the thing I was reading when I was looking it up said one ten to fifty, so that's what I want. Uh,
1: maybe it is level ten, but I know it's to fifty nine, so you can get.
2: I think it's ten Jonah to fifty nine because the they're to trying there. to do the they do the uh, the new player experience from one to
1: ten. Oh, the starting experience.
2: Yeah, yeah Exile's yeah, Reach. That makes... But that's good. That's a good to note.
0: Um, because yeah, um, this is I like I said I was surprised. I'm not like sh- shocked, but. Um. It's, yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily. See it didn't necessarily see it coming, Joe. I, I was kind of
2: waiting for something like this because they did the same thing. I want to say before Legion came out, then they did the same thing before Battle for Azeroth. It's kind of, for lack of a better term, I think it's a really good mechanic for people to catch up. Maybe if they want to switch classes, or uh, you know, maybe something coming up has has tickled their fancy. Uh, that didn't before. Like Liz and I have a a. Uh, raid member uh, that and guild member who uh, I, I love him to death but he swaps classes like a lot <laughs> and so being able to like oh you know what I feel like playing a warrior instead of a death knight but my warrior is a little like 50 getting that 50% buff and leveling up is great uh, or leveling uh, leveling alts it's always a good thing but it's it's nice to have that time before, before an expansion release to kind of not necessarily play catch up but like if you are going to switch get yourself ready to dive into the new content without having to slog through the old content.
0: Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because they usually don't do this before the last patch of an, of an expansion. Uh, And also, I don't know if you guys saw, but there's, they did a, a featured thing, you know, talking about the faded raids, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. And one of the things they said was that they, they expected that this would be a shorter season than other seasons have been. And that has me thinking, because you know we we know that dragon uh, dragon. Uh, I want to say dragon riders. And it's not dragon riders. <laughs> it's dragon flight. Ah, oh, man, what this? The is we're,
2: this is because we were talking about D anD D on uh, on on Sunday. That's why.
0: Yeah, but um, because that's coming, you know, fairly soon. Um, we, like it's almost August, and they've got an honor before December thirty first on the uh, expansion pre order. So yeah, even if the beta takes, if the beta takes three months, whenever it comes out, we're looking at a like November release. That's fairly short because you know, August 2nd is two weeks from now. And then that's going to be one, two, three. Now you're like August, September, October, you know, November that's four months. That's not very long for a, a season in wow. So yeah, it, it is just interesting. Um Liz, what did you think looking at it?
1: Um, I I've got nothing. I'm interested to try to try out the faded raids. Cause I, it's something totally new. It's just not that often we get something that's completely new mm-hmm. like this. So yeah. I'm interested talk that, in then? checking it out and seeing what it's like.
0: Yeah. Do you want to talk um, about that then? Or do you want me to read like I, stuff from the article I wrote? I have I,
1: I have nothing except that I'm looking forward to trying it out.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll give a quick rundown. Basically, we, we have a rundown on the site of the how the Faded Raids are going to work. Um, the way Faded Raids are working is kind of interesting in that every, every week there will be a new... Like one of the four, one of the three raids will be faded, uh, either Castle Nathria, um, Sanctum of Domination, or Sepulcher. of The first ones will become faded. The the moment that happens, the raid's difficulty jumps up. Like, not even talking about the affixes yet, the raid just gets harder. Um, and all difficulties will be harder from LFR up to Mythic. They they just straight up it makes it harder. In the process of doing that, though the item levels for gear also jumps up and jumps up significantly um if you f- any and and all the raids are the same when they become faded like the, the the gear items itemization that drops is all the same so every boss in faded lfr drops 265 gear unless it's the 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 end the end of the raid couple of bosses the ones that you know usually are they drop i level 272 this means that lfr for the faded rate of the week will give gear that's equivalent to heroic sepulchre of the first ones. Um, faded normal gives item level 278 gear with 285 for the, the last, you know, the, the, the last couple of bosses, whichever, however many there are. Three. And that puts it, yeah, that puts it up on par with mythic sepulchre. And then from that faded heroic is better than any gear currently in the game and faded mythic is, is the best gear you're going to see, which goes 304 slash 311. And that's kind of, I am I did not see that coming. And I find myself wondering what happens to like the legendary bow. Like if you get Sylvanas, like, if, if you get mythic uh, sanctum of domination and you fight Sylvanas, what happens to that legendary bow? What item level is it? What, what t- um, like, How does that get itemized I up? I
2: think the legendary stays the same would be my guess because it's a unique piece. And generally speaking in the past, um, if even if you run content that had the potential to drop like legendary items, it generally stayed at whatever the original or equivalent therein after squish was that would yeah, be my I can't guess. Re-
0: I can't recall a time that they've done a raid where the raid gets harder and the gear gets better, except a legendary because they've never done this before. So that's why I don't, I don't know. I don't feel that I, I can speak to what's going to happen there but that's that's the the that's the item level for the various drops in the in the raids then you then have the faded powers the faded powers are like affixes from mythic plus but they're not just like affixes because yes they have a negative they have a mechanic that has to be dealt with but if you successfully deal with them you get a buff so yes they make the fight harder but in a way that if you can learn how to properly deal with these things, you can actually make the fight easier for yourself. Um, there's like the four that I, I I saw when I looked at the uh, article there. Um, chaotic Essence. Uh, I'm looking, I'm scrolling. I, I feel like I'm actually like literally beach balling here. Um, protoform Barrier, reconfigure Reconfiguration Emitter, and Creation Spark. And basically, like, the Chaotic Emitter is... I still don't understand what's actually happening on some of these things like chaotic essence sorry like if you guys looked at these yeah joe what do you think how, how would you describe chaotic essence because i'm sitting here trying to and i'm i'm looking at my own description it's, of it and i still don't know what I it's said. it's
2: a villain's uh, time bomb basically so you essentially have a uh the the essence begins casting destruction uh which if it gets to the end of the cast timer the raid blows up um so you have to f- basically fight your way to get through it and stop it from uh from being able to trigger uh so it's i think it's what you have to kill a bunch of motes um yeah mm-hmm. while while basically fighting the chaotic essence uh and you get a stacking buff uh likely from where the motes are it's interesting it's really really interesting
0: yeah and the uh the, the one i i find the most amusing is kate C- is creation spark because if you did if you were wrath of lich king baby if you played in wrath um you will remember the uh the blood council there the 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 i want to say valinir but that's not who they were uh the Venthir the venthyr council basically every Venthir you beat up on your way there shows up again they all get raised and you have to fight them and there's like always these there were these globes that you had to like let hit you some three people in the raid had to let them hit them or they would just blow the raid up basically they would just you know do tons of damage this creation spark is very similar to that um people will actually get charged with the stacking damage over time spell. And if that's removed from them somehow, which it's supposed to, it will then spawn the creation sparks and the creation sparks will target random spots on the ground and start dropping towards them. And you need to get a player to stand there and soak it to take the damage of it, or it'll like take out everybody. It will do an immense amount of damage. But if you do soak it, you'll get this steady increase to everything. You'll get a 15% increase to casting speed, attack speed, Cooldown, recharge, and the speed of your move, damage, and healing over time ticks. So it'll even speed up your damage, or, or your damage, or your hots. It'll make them happen more often, and it gives you 45% movements. And that one, that one stacks. It can wipe people out if you let it stay on them. It'll kill them really fast. But it will also buff you enormously if you can survive. If you can soak it, possibly, it's a really fascinating way to do this. Um, the other two are similar. The protoform Barrier is basically like it's a energy field that you have to get to go away, a pulsing damage effect. When you get it to go away, it will form a barrier that shields all the enemies on the map, and there's a lot of them. And then you have to, like, heal somebody. Like, it's a little bit – what was that boss? Another boss from Wrath? Um, oh, heck, I can't remember her name. I think Melithra. The
1: Green Dragon.
0: Yeah, Melithra the Dream, right?
2: The one that's actually in Dragon, it's not it's not Melithra, but yeah, she's it's a I, green I dragon forget
1: maybe. I forget her name.
2: Maybe
0: Merithra. I, I can't remember. But the, basically, that was an entire raid Velithria. fight you had to heal Melithria. Okay, uh, so this is similar in that the NPC spawns, and instead of trying to blow through this damage shield, you have to heal that NPC. And if you heal them up enough, the shield will collapse and do damage. If if you don't successfully heal it, the shield will explode and, and kill. Like it will hurt your raid, basically kill your raid. If you successfully deal with it, it will do damage to all the enemies in the raid. It'll basically make all the things on the field trying to kill you, take a big chunk of damage out. So I just, I really like the idea of these mechanics where if you try to ignore them, you're basically going to like get destroyed. But if you play with them, you can actually get yourself significant advantages. That's just a neat design element. Um, so Liz has already said she's looking forward to it. Joe, what about you?
2: I am too. Uh, I, I've been looking forward to this since they first announced it. I think it is a fantastic idea. I am looking exceptionally forward to uh, how it works. I I actually really like Mythic Plus FXs uh, from Keys. I really, really do like them. I think they're fun. I think that they add some some interesting variety to stuff that you may have seen a lot of already. Uh, And then doing something similar and adding extra stuff to uh, the raids, I think is great because, and again, and I mentioned this like a couple weeks ago, uh, we're in a guild like Liz and I in a guild that has a nasty tendency to just make our own hard modes for no other reason besides the, the expansion is over and we have nothing else to do. So we'll do stuff like try to figure out how to fight two or three bosses at the same time uh, or how far we can pull a boss Uh, in the geometry of the room that we're supposed to fight them in, uh, IE roof shaman, look it up. It's the only thing that's mentioned on YouTube. That's called roof shaman. Um, we have routinely done stuff like that because it's fun and wacky. Uh, and it gives us an extra challenge. We don't have to necessarily make our own hard mode anymore. Uh, we can just look at these and have some fun doing some really cool stuff.
1: I mean, you always it's you always want new things to do. And at the end of the expansion, you're always kinda bored. So of course you're gonna try weird stuff. And this blizzard just gives us something to do instead of us having to make our to invent our own things to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good deal. Well, I, I, I
0: now realize you guys are absolutely going to end up doing things like trying to pull two bosses while they've got these things going on just to see what happens.
2: <laughs> I mean, this is entirely possible. I mean, Liz, when I say that, if, if it's going to be left to stop Ado or Korv, yes.
1: <laughs> I'm cool. looking forward to it. It'll be interesting.
0: Well, um, one thing we'll talk about really fast before we move on to the giant thing we we're going to have to talk about, and that's WoW Classics uh, Season of Mastery is getting Phase 6, which is the... Um, it's the Nax patch, but it's also the, the scourge invasion before that phase six will start on July 28th. I believe Nax is a week or two after that. I don't remember exactly how long, but yeah, it, it's essentially it is the end of the season of mastery in a way, in that there won't be any further big patches though. This is the last major content drop for uh wild classic season of mastery. And you all know what Nax is. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, sit around here and just tell you all like stuff about raids that were originally entered the game in 2006. But I will say that one of the things they've they've come out and said is that after this content is considered to be like you know done once it's once it's essentially on farm and everybody's got a chance to do it, not just the people who are going to raid it the first day and blow it up in 20 minutes, but like everybody. Once that happens they're going to let players choose what they want to do with their character that they've been playing on the Season of Mastery servers. They're, you can either transfer off the server, uh, or I guess you could stay there. I don't know. I, I don't know why you would, because I, I don't think the server's staying up. I think they're going to wipe it so they can do another Season of Mastery at some point. But you can either transfer your character to a, a server that's going to be classic era, that's going to just stay in, in original World of Warcraft content and not go beyond that, And, you know, play there. Or you can transfer to a server that's currently Burning Crusade Classic, and which will be becoming Wrath Classic when Wrath Classic comes out. And you can level, um, you'll be able to level up to 70 until they, you know, until they actually put in the Wrath content. You'll be able to level up to 80 at that point, and actually do Northrend and all that stuff. So people are going to get to keep the characters, which I think is really cool. Um, There's also supposed to be a XP buff similar to the Winds of Wisdom called uh, Joyous Journeys. Which does the exact same thing, gives you 50% uh, XP for everything. That's supposed to come out when the Wrath Classic pre-patch stuff comes out. So when new talents and, and all the stuff before Wrath itself, the content actually launches. When that comes out, it would be like a few months, a few weeks. Sorry, not a few weeks before Wrath Classic itself actually launches. You'll have the ability to, you'll get that XP buff, and you'll be able to level faster. Uh, But we don't, we don't know when that'll exactly, um, but that's pretty much it for that. I don't, I mean, you guys, do either of you have any real opinion on what they should be doing with Season of Mastery next or anything you want to say about it?
1: I mean, I think they should keep doing Seasons of Mastery. I think it's a cool idea and you can mimic Diablo 3, which have been really successful, I think, and really fun. They keep spicing up an old game, so Sure, keep doing this with classic. Coming up with wild things.
0: Would you do it like just another, you know, one to sixty-one, or would you do a Burning Crusade classic one, or what would you do if you were going to be doing the next season mastery?
1: I do not know. I just know that I would keep keep doing it. I mean, it got a lot of people hyped again. Something
2: I don't know. (laughs) Joe, I mean, I agree. They need to keep doing it. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I think it's been pretty well received. There's no reason to not keep doing it whether do they go with the next i really don't know but i just want to see them keep doing it i think it's pretty pretty good
0: i'm going to be the one to agitate for a burning crusade classic one because since they're taking burn them they're, they're not doing with burning crusade classic what they did with classic era they're not making special servers that stop at level 70 and that's it so because that if you want to play a burning crusade type experience and not have wrath content the way that people wanted to have classic stuff and not BCC content. The only way you're going to get it is if they put in BCC servers for a season of mastery. So I think they should. That's that's my opinion based on the fact that they are remove. Otherwise, they're not removing any of it. It'll all still be there, but it won't be end game anymore. So. But regardless, I think we should probably move on to the thing everyone really wants to talk about. Uh, Wizards of Coast release. No, I'm kidding. We will probably mention (laughs) Wizards of Coast. But uh, the Dragonflight Alpha has been out since last week. Uh, It came out, I think it came out after the podcast. So I don't think we talked about it on last week's podcast. I feel like I'm right. Mm -hmm. Um, You are correct. Okay, good. Occasionally I get things right. Um, But Phase 2 is coming out today. It's actually downloading now. Um, I couldn't get it to download in time to stream it, which I feel bad about. But I don't the servers, think the servers aren't the servers, even up. Servers, yeah.
1: Yeah, the servers aren't up. So you have not missed
0: But things f- that phase two, which is coming out again today, as as we're talking, it will be out tonight. Um it's going to see people testing Forbidden Reach, the the uh I want to call them the Dragon Guys, but they're not called that. Um the Drakthir starting zone for lack of a better word uh which is you know i assume i don't know what level the drag there start at on this on the uh on the alpha right now you start at level 60 and then when you go to the first zone they bump you up to level 65 uh, because it's not a first zone i think it's a it's a zone intended for about halfway through the expansion um but including the Forbidden Reach will be the Drakthir starting zones. There's two dungeons coming in. Um, the dungeon Neltharis, which is, I think, Nelth- Neltharian slash Deathwing's lab- laboratory and stronghold. It's kind of like his, his workshop where he did all of his stuff um, back before he went, you know, um, crazy for old god goodies. Uh, so that's going to be in as a dungeon. And War Legacy of Tear, which is... You got me as to what that is. I feel like it's just it's oh. another level below Aldemar, but that would be that would Alderman. be Aldemar. Yeah, I said Aldemar yes. the second time. First time I wrote war in the email because I I, I got war on the brain, guys. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Aldemar, Legacy of Tears. So we'll get to go down to, below the the place where uh, Arcadis was guarding and see what what's left behind there. The Shaman talent revamp, which nobody here cares about at all. So we're just going to move on. Uh, I'm kidding. Please don't blow me up with your mind, Joe. I'm not. And no, okay. I'm scared. Uh, and the profession specialization and cooking. Uh, so we're going to get to look at you know what cooking is going to be like in in Dragonflight and these various specializations to the professions. However, I got ga- I gotta have Joe talk about what he thinks about the Shaman talent really. because first off, I am planning on rolling a resto Shaman and seeing it for myself on the alpha but also because uh, Joe has been on top of the talent stuff since they first announced it. And this is a class that he knows very well. So
2: take it away, Joe. I mean, I am trying to remain very constructive about it, but at first glance, it's a lot of what I expected, right? Uh, A lot of the core class abilities have been carved out and put into the tree. We've kind of expected at this point, it seems to be happening with every single class, um, which I still am very confused by that design decision because a lot of this stuff doesn't feel like choices uh, that you can really skip or or miss or or avoid, um, and maybe this is because I'm I'm sort of stuck in a, a way of thinking, and I, I accept that. But like things like astral shift being a talent, yes, it's a first tier talent, uh, but that is your damage reduction um, is very confusing to me. Um, other things I'm pretty much okay with. Uh, Healing stream totem is a talent twice, which uh, Padia and I were going back and forth with on. On Twitter earlier and uh, some minor changes that make it seem like that might be a deliberate choice to give you multiple charges of it so I can accept that but I haven't had a chance to actually put it in and play around with it yet it my problem is at least on the healing side because that's where generally I focus on is pretty much every single core healing ability has been pulled out of the kit except for healing surge from what I can tell and it is a talent that you have to choose and that doesn't necessarily make it feel like a meaningful choice to me. It To me, it makes it feel like, okay, well, if you want to just be a healer and all, you're already investing 20 of your 30 points in basic needs. And the rest is stuff that you pick up along the way that maybe gives you a little bit of a benefit. The other thing that I, I was commenting on earlier, and I spent a good long time looking at it is, and I don't know if other players feel this way with what they have with what their class has previewed so far, is that there's no real clear direction. So when I was envisioning the the talent trees, and maybe this is on me, and again, this is all subjective, this is all my opinion, please, please take this with a grain of salt, Um, is I was expecting that there would be clear paths or delineations, with offshoots, so if you wanted to focus on something like single target healing, there'd be a very clear path of where you would go. If you wanted to focus on cooldowns, there would be a very clear path of where you would go, and there would be things that you would branch off with and pick, and if you wanted to focus on AoE healing, the same thing. It doesn't really feel like that to me, at least at first look, and from the hour that I spent with it today, uh, a lot of it feels very much like you are a hybrid, get used to it, uh, you can pick up certain things here and there, but you're always going to be a hybrid. You're not going to be the best at anything, but you can have a smattering of everything. And I don't necessarily like that because I feel like that's in exact opposition to the rest of the healing classes. So I don't know. It's, it's not awful. Like I'm not going to sit here and doom and gloom over it. It has all the pieces that it needs. Like there's a lot of returning things that I'm really happy to see. Uh, I'll call out earth living weapon. One of my favorite things that they, they took away, uh, at a certain point, I'm super ecstatic to see that back. Uh, it is basically a shaman's version of a healing weapon enchant. Uh, like if you, you know, a flame tongue weapon, uh, frost, we- uh, brand weapon, uh, and I think I can't remember the earth one is, uh, used to be around forever, Earth Living was the answer that was given to it that increased healing. It lets you do a healing proc. For those of you that didn't play with it before, it was very similar to the Embalmer's Oil in Shadowlands, which was, you know, fantastic. Um, It brought back a bunch of totems. There's uh, You have uh, Mana Spring Totem is back again, something that's been gone for a very long time. Uh, You have uh, your Stone Skin Totem is back. You have uh, Call of the Elements, which is a talent that I am oddly interested why it was brought back um because from what i remember back in the day nobody really took it because it didn't reset your giant cooldowns because your giant cooldown totems were outside of its reach um but poison cleansing totems back i've been asking for that for dang near 10 years there's a lot of really cool stuff here it just feels unfocused at the moment and i think it needs to have a pass of where things are placed and what the intent is behind what path they expect players to take. Now, some of this might actually be fixed by, and, and Liz pointed this out to me on Twitter uh, the other day, and I think I missed this, and I, and I apologize, that they're going to have like pre-done specs that you can select when uh, you get into the game. Because I can tell you right now, that's a really good thing, because a new player looking at this is going to have no idea what they're doing, or somebody who only knows the, the uh, three talent choices per tier system that we've had for a while now, uh, this is a, it. Could be very daunting to go through all the choices, especially when uh, in Shaman like the talent tree, and I'm sure others as well. There are a lot of talent choices that are split choices on a single tier. So, like you know, Acid Rain is a resto talent that allows you to deal nature damage to six enemies inside of your healing, and it makes it offensive. Uh, but it shares a thing with Call of Thunder, which is your lightning bolts, chain lightning, uh, in, it basically bumps your your damage and your storm elementals. Um, so, like, probably more for running dungeons or smaller content where you have to DPS as well as, as heal. Um, there's a lot of those, and that can be very uh, daunting for players. So I'll be interested in what they feel is the default specs that they pick and what those default specs look like. Um, again, I'm trying... I had a very visceral reaction to it today. I'm not going to lie. Um, mostly because it, I didn't f- see a way immediately to get to what I currently have. And that was, uh, Liz and I were talking about this a little bit. Um, somebody mentioned in our guild that uh, Druid felt very much like I can get to where I am now. And then some, I don't feel that way right now about shaman. And that may change. And that may be something that they, 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 uh, alter, but it is something that I'm going to be giving my feedback on, uh, in the official capacity, because I think the bones are here, but things need to be moved around some stuff that's in the top tier. I don't understand why it's there like ancestral guidance. Um, it's good, but it should be a top tier talent, um, with, you know, mana spring being literally one spot below it. Um, primal tidal core being a top tier talent. I'm 100% agree with, uh, but should it be up there with wellspring and uh, you know, deeply rooted elements? Maybe not. I, those don't strike me as something that you would really work towards. in in a lot of cases or tumbling waves and continuous waves, um, they're great if you're going for a primordial wave build, but if you're not like, and even if you are like, it, it just feels like it's, it's just a little bit like it doesn't make sense for those to be top tiers. I, I don't know. There's there's a lot going on here. There's a lot to like, but there's a lot of confusion. And that may not make a whole lot of sense. And I'm having I'm definitely having a hard time articulating it. It just doesn't feel very organic right now. It doesn't feel uh very focused. And that's what I'm really looking for. I'm looking for something that says, okay, well, I know which general area I need to go to if I want to focus on one thing or another. And right now it's just kind of like shotgunned out there. Um, so it needs cleanup and maybe i'll feel better about it after that but right now i'm neutral at best if that makes sense i don't know I'm, I'm trying to trying to be constructive about it um like i said i think there i think we can get there i think it just needs attention
0: all right um don't really see anything to say about that uh can't really tell you you're wrong because i you know i i have looked at it but i don't understand and, half of what's going on there
2: and again it's completely subjective right 100 subjective it's it's just my opinion. I know people that are very very happy about this, and I'm all for it. Right. Well,
0: until you until you get to play it one way or another, it's always exactly yeah. You no know, one way or the other. So hopefully once, if nothing else, uh, once it goes live and we can actually get on the the servers, I can I'm actually gonna roll resto and and take it for a spin and see how it goes because I, I have fond memories of it. So I'm I'm definitely interested in uh, play around with that. Uh, our last thing we're going to mention for today, uh, before we go on to try and get some of your questions in here, is the aforementioned Wizards of the Coast release, because they put out a new Wonders of the Multiverse on Earth Arcana, which was kind of a grab bag of ideas and concepts. Some of things that were mentioned before, some things that are brand new. Um, uh, do either of you want to talk about this one first, or do you want me to go? I um, talked a lot. All
1: oh, I have to say... All I have to say is that I am definitely playing Lichling in whatever our next game is. Um, one of the things Lichling, which is uh, basically a Modron, do I have that name right?
0: Yes, you do. Uh, it's very similar to a Modron. Uh, and Jeremy Jeremy Crawford actually even said it was like a rogue Modron. So I don't know why these these aren't Modrons. <laughs> like it's one of those. Why do you keep telling me they're like Modrons if you're not going <laughs> to just have them be Modrons? Regardless, I think it's yeah.
1: like it's like a freed gotten away from the hive mind of netiness. yeah.
0: there's it's still yeah. it's still like a very lawful thing but it's like if you think about it one of the things joe likes to do is use computer metaphors because he's really good at them whereas i'm not but imagine if you have say your house has got a home network and everything in your house is on the home network now imagine your tv one day just gets off the home network and is just showing you whatever it feels like showing you that's <laughs> the the what this is kind of like the glitchling is still a very lawful creature, but it is a creature that is now self-directed. It isn't following anyone else's mandates. It's it's a completely free-willed, sentient, sapient being. And it's also a construct. I don't think it's a big surprise that I like construct races. Um I'm playing a, a Warforged in our Weirs game. I really do like them. I like the ones from uh the Theros book. I thought they were really interesting. I like the ones that are like undead, but not. There's that 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 new race from I think it's Van Richten's the uh, kind of they can basically be Frankenstein's monster types. Mm-hmm. You, you can you can play that, and I like that too. I think that's really interesting. And I I do <laughs> think the glitchling is fun. Like have you looked at the glitchling, Joe.
2: Yeah, I did actually. I I've I recognized that artwork, and I'm trying to remember yeah. from where. Oh, it's uh yeah
0: the art the uh-huh. I used in the article. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's from it's from an old uh Modron thing from fourth edition i believe that,
2: okay that's why it looks familiar uh yeah. the modrons i love constructs i think they're great um i also ha- selfishly really like them because i like painting them uh so if you give me a ton of glitchlings uh, and tell me go forth uh i will you know have an army of them for a tabletop game at some point because that's what i do
0: yeah i would actually like to see what they end up doing for a model because the description could make them more humanoid they, the, the way it's described, they could end up being more humanoid than Modrons. I think that would be a mistake. There's, I think um, having the, the little robot circle, the little robot globe with the big robot eye and the, the weird fleshy biomechanical stuff. They're cute in a way that is deeply disturbing. Yes. And I think they should definitely keep that going. They're,
2: they're, they're creepy minions.
0: They're minions before minions existed. Yes. So yeah, I I I'm definitely looking forward to the Glitchling. But there's also the faded. That's the what I'm more excited cleric. about. Gojo.
2: Yeah, so this one I'm a little more excited about, possibly because I we just ended a five-year D and D campaign where we just killed the god of fate and reinstituted uh, reinstituted the the Morai, uh, which are the three gods of fate that that you know weave and and do the whole thing from Greek mythology. Um, which is fantastic because this is right into there. Uh, it's. It's basically messing with destiny, but you are a cleric devoted to it. Uh, you get uh, omens and portents, which is like div- like almost like a divination mage. Um, it, it, I really really love that. I like the idea that at level three you can see invisibility and 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 things like that. It just feels like a very. This is gonna sound weird, but I think you guys will get it. It sounds almost like what I expect, uh, like clerics in classic 80s fantasy movies to be like if that makes sense where they like have divine intervention and they like you know happen to just be in the right place at the right time or or maybe could avoid the strike because you know they were moved in this divine way it's sort of like that trope uh, but I kind of like it I think it's just really neat I, I like the idea of serving and manipulating fate
0: yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff that Joe didn't even mention yet um, the one that I like is ties that bind which is a first level fate domain ability uh, and it's really interesting Mm -hmm. because you can do this to a willing person or object, or you can basically force it on someone and they have to make a wisdom saving throw to keep you from doing it. But if you get this thing bound to them, if you bind them to you, as long as you're on the same plane of existence from this thing, whatever it is you bound yourself to, it cannot be hidden from you. Mm -hmm. Like it is, you will know what direction it's in. You will know if it's moving what direction it's moving and you will know you know you just will know this and if you cast a healing or damage spell on something that's bonded to you in this way uh, you'll either get 1d6 more healing or more damage this is i love this thing this is this is really cool it's got the limitation of only lasting for an hour um still but that's that's a long time it's it's Imagine if you like you can use this thing like it's it's basically a class feature so you can use it as many times as your proficiency bonus basically and you could use this like say say you want you want to find out where someone is and you know that they're like a master thief stealing gems from the, the royal treasury you could bond yourself to a gem and just leave it there and when they steal it you could just follow them and you won't have to make tracking checks or anything like that you will just know where it is you're not not exactly but you'll know it's that way and there's nothing they can do for that hour to hide it from you it it is that way and you will always know it is that way that's just really cool and unique and it has all sorts of ability to it that's it's not game breaking it's not no one's going to like feel like this will destroy my campaign because my players will be unstoppable but at the same time It's, it's got a way to keep players like if player, a a clever player using this can do all sorts of neat things with it. Um, so I, I love that there's, there's a ton of stuff to this. That's really, there's also, I didn't really go into detail when we wrote it up because you know, I was already like 700 words, uh, but there's a ton of new, they've updated a lot of the, the feats from the giant options on earth arcana to make them quite frankly, to make them easier to get. Yeah because they were like you had to be like level eight or nine to get some of them so they, they've updated those and they've made those easier that's that i think that's a really good move in general they have more of the backgrounds that that have allow you to get special abilities as well and that's also a good move on my opinion backgrounds since strixhaven strixhaven had really good updated background type stuff and it made everything else look kind of weak by comparison um so I'm liking the the new backgrounds I have here as well. They allow you to tie yourself to various planes. I um, think mm-hmm. that's really cool. And then finally, you knew this one was going to get my attention: spells based on the deck of many things. Yep. And a and a, and a, a feat that is based around card use and card magic. I, I that's an I old that's an old
2: call back to fourth edition.
0: Yeah, it is, and it's also I I it's very interesting to see the ways they are making it work. The whole card ability where you basically put a spell in a card, essentially you cast the spell into this card. Mm-hmm. And then when you want the the spell to happen, you just draw the card. Yeah. You're like, basically,
2: a, you're basically gambit or twisted fate from legal legends.
0: Well, it's like, it kind of, except you know, you'll really only have one card, but you could always like put like say delayed blast fireball or something mm-hmm. on a card, and then just hold it and go, Is this your card? And the card will explode in their face. You know, and that there's interesting things you could do with this. Um, and the deck of many things spells are basically just versions of the cards themselves. Like there's the the death spirit spell, which is similar to the that the spirit of death that you can summon by drawing the wrong card. And there's the you know companion spell that is basically the companion created by the dick of many things, but except only for the duration of the spell. There's a lot to this that's really interesting. And I think that there's – it definitely feels like the book that's coming out next is going to be some kind of planar cosmology.
2: I think it has to um, be.
0: Yeah, and it's going to deal with stuff like – you know, the, the primordials and giants and the fact that it's going to reestablish the wheel, the great wheel cosmology, because they have not been very specific on that. They've been kind of vaguing it up pretty hard on exactly what the cosmos was. We talked about it on lore watch this weekend. We did. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm super excited about this. Liz wants to play Glitchling, And so if we get that um, supporter game, we want to get done. If we actually manage to get that rolling, uh, I'm. Super happy for you to show up and play a glitchling. That would be great. Um,
1: oh, you bet! I was going to. If you're going to try and stop me from playing a glitchling, like, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to fight it out. So try
0: and stop yeah. you? No, no, no! I try and stop me. If people want to play something, I am. I am the guy who will be like, "That's <laughs> awesome! How can I make this worse?" Sure, yeah.
2: This L- Gl- is gonna be the glitchling shaped like a cat. It's fine.
0: That I. I don't know. <laughs> totally, totally down with this basic idea. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for news and. I, I want to try and at least do one email. I mean, cause come on. So if you guys have a question or email for the show, first off, you can email it to podcast at com with the subject line podcast to blizzardwatch. Um, and we'll, you know, it's for this show. We'll, we'll use it on the show. And if it's for the other shows, um, I do my best not to steal them, but sometimes it's hard. Some I'm weak and there's things I want to talk about. Uh, so yeah. But you can also go to our Discord, and we've got two channels. One is for patrons because you know patrons pay the bills and keep the lights on. Um, that's the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel. But if you don't want to ask a question there, or don't you know, aren't a patron, there's also the you know regular old uh, Q and Podcast Questions channel. That's that's for people who are not patrons because we we do still value you all, and we still want to answer your questions as well. Um, since we don't have a lot of time here, I'm going to try to get one that's relatively fast. So actually, Joe, go ahead. Pick one.
2: Uh, no, I talked Please? a lot today. I talked a lot today.
0: You're still going to have to talk. All you're doing now is talking about how much you talked.
2: If you picked <sighs> a question, Fine. you'd be done already. Curtis MC asks, who would make the better barbecue? Orcs, trolls, dwarves, or worgen?
0: Like I asked him when he asked me this, do you mean who would throw a better barbecue or be a better barbecue?
2: No, we're going with throw. We're, not, we're keeping this not dark.
0: Yeah, I, I've been playing a lot of Diablo lately, so my mind went to the other one. But okay, sure. Um, do either of you want to answer this question before I do?
2: I mean, I'm gonna say orcs because they, they have all the bacon. They've, they've got they've literally have an infrastructure of pig farms. They are going to be masters of cooking pork. I'm here for it. So like, and probably Quillbore, too, and and. Probably some of those are the ones. Okay, no one want too many questions. You, you,
0: you can't do that and tell me that I can't do my thing because that's that's dark right there. Baby.
2: <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, no, my, my answer is orcs. Orcs. They they know how to cook the meats.
0: Uh, Liz, I gotta
1: say, where are the goblins and gnomes in this? Because they would invent like these easy things. I'm to assuming. Do their barbecue yeah,
0: party. I'm, I'm assuming. Goblins and gnomes are the ones. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The goblins and gnomes are like the the grill master types, but that's not all there is to a barbecue. And let's Um, be honest, things exploding or incinerating the meat with the the power of like magical plasma, sure, that that thing's very impressive, but it's not necessarily what you want for cooking.
1: (laughs) It's only going to be a percentage of things that are going to be magical. I mean, these are smart animals. At least some of them are going to come up with like perfect barbecue. Technology that just makes the absolute perfect steak. I'm nope. gonna go. So I, I'm gonna say gnomes. Gnomes are gonna figure something out that's gonna make you know amazing. I'm so-
0: gonna point out that gnomes' idea of how to perfect the uh, physical body was to lop pieces of it off and replace it with metal, and or just turn you back into fully metal. It just so means I, they
2: have be- they have better access to spatulas. It's fine. <laughs> but
0: in terms of this question and answering this question in the spirit that it was asked, I am going to say that it's definitely not Worgan because they don't even care if the food is cooked properly. They're Worgan, So they're just, you could literally just show up at a Worgan barbecue and it would just be Worgan eating raw things. So not going with that. Um, Dwarves. I'm sorry, dwarves, but you guys focus on drinking a lot. And that's, I've never been to a barbecue where everybody was super excited about the, the alcohol where the food was good. I'm just, I just haven't had that experience. Uh, maybe someone else has. If so, you know, kudos to you. But I, I'm i saying it can't be doors.
2: Well, I mean, if you're in the breweries at Keranos, do you really care how good the food is after you've been in the breweries at Keranos? That's my
0: point, really, yeah. So, Trolls, y'all have not confirmed and committed to the not eating people thing. Yes, the, the Darkspear have. The Darkspear don't eat sapient beings, but lots of other trolls are involved. And this just says trolls. It doesn't say Darkspear. So I'm gonna say trolls. I, I don't want to go to a barbecue where I'm not sure if I'm going to get to taste the menu or be on it. And finally, orcs. Joe makes some good points, uh, but I mean, I, I I'm worried about an orc barbecue. Uh, orcs get really excited about things and will fight. Or like I've have you ever met people who are serious about grilling and serious about barbecue? Mm-hmm. They they will get very intense about this. There are going to be orcs challenging each other to Makora over whether or not a dry rub or a nice spicy (laughs) sauce is where you want to go with this. They will straight up be like, you know, on our combating over, you know, you can't cook the sides until you, you know, so I'm going to say up front, I I want to go to the Draenei barbecue because I'm relatively certain they're not going to kill me. Yes. I don't know what they're going to serve me. Uh, It's probably going to be some from another planet. I've never heard of, but they're not going to kill me. They're not going to all get drunk. Uh, That one guy who doesn't wear armor is going to be funny, and yeah, it's just going to be a nice, lighthearted experience, so I'm going with that. But if I have to pick from those four, uh, I'm going to say orcs are probably the best of the four, because at least I know what orcs eat, as Joe pointed out.
1: I I want to add that Flan in chat just said that gnomes will be the ones to invent air fryers and instantons, which I feel is totally on brand.
0: Yeah. And and you know full well that gnomes will do that. And goblins, goblins will be inventing gigantic lenses, which just focus sunlight down and burn through the food. You know, they're going to do this. You know, it's going to happen.
1: It's hilarious that you think they would do that instead of inventing flamethrowers.
0: They've already got flamethrowers. They don't have to invent those. Like They've literally, okay. <laughs> I've every time I've been to a goblin settlement, there's been somebody with a flamethrower. I'm like, that's not an invention. That's just going home and getting your flamethrower. You ah. Just
1: apply that to food.
0: All right. Uh, do we We're have to leave? Always. How do you, do you guys, how are you doing on time? Do we have time for one more question, or do you need to go?
2: Go for it. I'm, I'm good for one more, li- if, as long as Liz is. Liz.
0: Yeah. righty. Tetsemi asked, what situation would be more scary, Batman starting to smile or Spider Man stops talking?
2: I saw that on Reddit too, Tetsemi. <laughs> yeah,
0: I saw it in the queue because uh, I answered it in the queue, but I wanted to do it again.
2: Um, uh, Liz, I answered in chat you get too. You have to go but, first. Yeah, Liz has to go first. Uh,
1: Batman's smiling. That's just, that's, no, I don't even want to think about it.
2: Okay, Joe? Okay, so Batman actually smiles pretty frequently in the comic books, it's usually smirks here and there. Even when he's in the middle of fighting, when he knows he's won, that's it. It doesn't necessarily mean something bad's going to happen. It's not necessarily that scary. It just means that the fight's over uh, or that he got you got your goat real good uh, or he got the better of you in some way. Spider-Man stops giving quips and stops talking during a fight. You got a problem. And it's a big one. I, I talked about this in chat and I'll pull it out here on the podcast. Um Back in Black is a short run uh, that happens after Civil War and everything else where basically Kingpin sends out a hit on Peter Parker because Peter Parker has given his identity up and, and as part of the Hero Registration Act. Um, and, you know, everybody knows who he is now. And now his family's in danger as a result of it. The hitman misses Peter and takes out Aunt May. Aunt May's in the hospital. Um, so Peter goes and digs up the black suit, not the symbiote, the black suit that he wore immediately after the symbiote. And he goes and pays a visit to Wilson Fisk in the prison, where he's been orchestrating all of this. It is one of the scariest fight sequences in comic book history that involves Spider-Man because it's three pages of nothing being said by him. It is only the Kingpin reacting, trying to get something out of him, while Peter taking the suit off is just beating him down, and you see exactly how helpless the kingpin of crime is at what is ostensibly a twenty-year-old kid. And that, so when Peter stops talking, when Spider-Man stops talking, run, run as fast as you can, and pray, pray he's got somebody else to 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 target that's not you, because things are about to get real, real dark. What about you, Matt? What do you think?
0: Well, I answered it in the queue. Uh, so I'm not going to go into great detail on it, but unless it's the Batman who laughs Batman smiling, as you pointed out, isn't that uncommon. And what's even interesting is that there are times where Batman smiles just to be nice. Mm -hmm. Like put Batman in a situation where there's a small frightened child and he will be the best person ever to be in that situation. Batman is great with kids. He is absolutely wonderful. If there's a small child traumatized, Batman will do anything to make them feel better. And he will absolutely smile. He'll do anything. So it's not always bad to see Batman smile. If Spider-Man isn't cracking wise, Peter Parker is, at heart, still a nervous little kid who Mm -hmm. is, you know, is bullied and picked on and just is not very comfortable with the things he's doing. Like, as Spider-Man, the reason Spider-Man makes fun of his villains is to keep Peter from wetting his pants. That is straight up the purpose of all the jokes. It isn't to throw the, the villains off, although it's great that it does. It's not to, you know, prove he's better than anyone. It's to keep himself going when he likes every so often it occurs to him, oh, that purple dude has a glove that can destroy the world, and I'm trying to take it from him. <laughs> it's that. It's a very good thing that Peter Parker has that going on in his life because on paper, he is utterly effing terrifying he is precognitive which means he can see and sense the future so you can't lay a hand on him if he's paying attention to what he's doing if he's not overwhelmed if he's focused you can't touch him like because in addition to being precognitive he's nearly as fast as a speedster and he's strong enough to punch through a six foot thick vault he can pick up a train has done so when he is not holding himself back, which he does constantly because he doesn't want to kill anybody. Peter Parker's very anti-killing people. He's one of the stronger anti-killing people in in Marvel Comics. When he's not holding back anymore, he can ruin people. When Doc Ock had his body, he punched the scorpion's jaw off because he didn't understand how strong Peter was. He's been fighting Peter his whole life. Mm -hmm. like The entire time Peter's been a superhero, Doc Ock has been fighting him, but he never understood how strong he was because Peter doesn't just... If, if Spider-Man wanted to win a fight with Doc Ock, all he would have to do is shoot a web into his face, pull him over, and snap his neck with one hand. He could kill Doc Ock anytime he wants to. He doesn't want to kill anybody or hurt anybody. So when he stops being Peter Parker, that's terrifying. The The Black and Black story is actually fairly sedate because he doesn't kill Winston, Wilson Fisk. He just says, "I could I could pop you like a balloon. I'm superhuman. You have no powers. Mm-hmm. I have all these powers. Spider-Man one time in in, in the, the Secret Wars comic fought the entire X-Men. Cyclops, Storm, Rogue, Colossus, Wolverine, Nightcrawler. He fought all of them, and he won. He They were trying to stop him from getting away. He got away. They could not stop him. The only reason that he didn't go immediately to Captain America and tell him what the X-Men were doing was because Professor Xavier wiped his mind. So yeah, I'm going with Spider-Man. I think Batman is actually just flat out a safer person to be around Yeah, in that situation. If Batman is enraged with you to the point of madness and he's smiling, thinking about what he's going to do to you, you're still not going to die because he just won't kill you. He might make you wish you were dead, but he won't kill you. There is a point where you can push Spider-Man where he will kill you, and he'll do it horribly. He'll do things like when when he found out that Kraven the Hunter's family had killed his brother, quote unquote clone brother Kane, he pulled one of their faces off with his hand. He used his his ability to stick to walls on their face and tore it off.
2: Yeah, it gets dark. Like there's Spider-Man a lot of, is there's, scary. There's a reason why like alternate universe spider man like. There's an alternate universe Spider-Man and you get like in the Inheritor Wars uh, that was trained literally by Wolverine to be an assassin. And it is one of the scariest incarnations of Peter that has ever existed Mm -hmm. because Because he's literally you can't touch him. He's trained by Black Widow and Wolverine.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you literally can't touch him. his, His spider sense is so strong that he knows that you're going to try to kill him before you even do anything it's he he already knows how you're going to attack him it's just it's crazy but at this point i think we've talked enough about that and we've talked enough for the one show uh so any highlights or anything you guys think that we missed that we should talk about briefly before we go liz
1: i'm just waiting to see my talent trees
0: yeah
2: paladins and warriors really get get on that i'm really i'm really i'm really hoping they they do well with yours i really do the paladin one, I
0: hope. I uh, looking at the death knight one was okay, so I'm hoping they can do the paladin one okay, but I'm not sure.
2: Paladins just need options. From uh, talking with Liz, and I'm going to bring this up real quick. Talking with Liz over the last couple of weeks has really opened my eyes to like class design for paladins because I, I will freely admit, at least in the holy paladin side, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to. It. Um, not for a while. And y'all need choices. Y'all need y'all need some some tools to to make it a little bit better because like. Wow, like I did not realize. So hopefully hopefully that they they can address some of that and and make it more viable for you cuz y'all y'all need some love.
1: I I mean I would just like to have viable choices that could pull me into melee or out of melee. Feels like Blizzard has tried to do, but not done well enough for getting as a real option.
0: And, Being and, in melee kind of sucks. Especially since the of, the Evoker is so good at doing both.
2: Yeah, the Evoker's the Evoker's really strong it's right now.
0: Yeah. The evoker is extremely good at getting in and out of, of melee and the evoker as a healer, the healer evoker spec. I've been playing with it a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know what I'm doing at all, but <laughs> oh my th- things have tried to kill me and they have failed because I'm like, just like <laughs> boop, heal myself, heal myself, heal myself. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. So yeah, there's, there's definitely, and they still have a lot of offensive power even when they're healers. So yeah, I want to see paladins get more mobility um more more mobility that doesn't just get on a magic horse and ride away for 3 seconds stuff that allows you to maneuver in the battlefield more that's definitely something paladins need and i definitely think you're right about like i used to play holy i played holy at the end of, of battle for azeroth and then i went into shadowlands honor and i couldn't oh my god i couldn't i couldn't do anything I, uh I until think you the get the class
1: feels really the class feels kind of clunky with holy power added back they yeah in-
0: yeah i, I don't yeah, it's, not, it's not my thing. But uh, at this point, I guess we're going to get going. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. Uh, again, if you've got a question for the show, uh, you can hit up our Discord at the Patreon Q and, P- and Podcast Questions channel or the Q and Podcast Questions channel, or you can email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. I'm going to have Joe do the thing he does at the end because I often forget to. Like just now I was forgetting to, <laughs> and this is me remembering.
2: So Joe, well, blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch. Your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience.
0: So, yeah. Um, thank you for being here. We did. We talked about a lot of news. we, covered a lot of stuff. Um, we didn't answer as many questions as I would like, but, you know, that's that's what next show is for. We'll just roll some of them forward. But overall, um, yeah, lots going on. Uh, going to do a final thought thing here. We haven't done one of those in a long time. I, I really like them. So I'm going to ask both of you this, this final question. What are you most looking forward to seeing in the uh, Dragonflight Alpha slash Beta? Whenever, What is the thing you are most interested in finding out about, most interested in seeing, uh, that isn't your, your talent trees or, you know, your character specifically. Uh, who wants to go here?
2: I mean, I think I've answered this before, but I'll just throw it out there real quick. Alduar, I want to know what the heck's going on up there. I want to know what happened at the end of BFA. I really think we're going there at some point because we're already going to Uldaman. Um I need to know what the heck is going on with O. Flameface is up to something. I need to know what it is. Okay, Liz?
1: I'm really looking forward to finding out more about professions. We've gone so long with professions kind of being this like weight saddled onto you that's annoying and really hard to get good gear to get useful things, or it doesn't make useful things. So I like the system Blizzard has explained sounds great, and I'm really interested to see if pull off that system really work the way they intend.
0: The work orders thing where you can make BOPs for other people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so excited to see that. Um, for myself, I want to know what happened to Stony Boy from the trailer. I want to see that true. guy. Yeah, good I one. I want to know because because he is the for me what, what what Zakan was for a lot of you, except you know I I actually like him. Um, <laughs> I didn't like Zakan. I like Zakan after the fact. Uh, I liked him in the books. Uh, I think he's actually really cool in the game too. Uh, but he, I didn't like him in the cinematic because why would I? Nothing specific about him other. I, he's really good in the trailer with he's talking to um, Sarfang. And yes. I wish I'd seen that first. Uh, I didn't though for me, Stony boy, but this has been the blizzard watch podcast guys. Thank you so much. And especially thank you to Joe and Liz for putting up with my meandering today. Cause I'm, I'm in a definitely a meandering mood. Hope you guys will come back next week. Cause we'll be here waiting to see you. Take it easy.